Welcome to the third ever episode of the Branching Path Podcast. I am your host, Kyle, joined by my fellow host, John. John, how are you today? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So our topic today is going to be, I think, in, in general, kind of about just addictive video games and our specific experiences with a little game called Final Fantasy XI. Probably never heard of it, most of our listeners. I and mean, we'll probably talk I a little bit. I think you just of... sent some shivers down listener spines. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that they all just scratched their heads and said, "There was an 11? What's that?" Um, <laughs> we'll probably talk a little bit about Final Fantasy XIV in some respects today too, but uh, definitely a deep dive into John and I's dark, dark days with uh, with the most addictive MMO we've ever played. Um, before we get too deep into that, though, let's start as we always do with just a little bit of kind of what we've been playing. I'm going to steal the spotlight this time, John, and start before you do. How do you feel about that? Oh, my God. I, I'm upset. Okay, good. Well, I'm doing this because you have nothing to talk about this week. So uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I've still been, uh, not that mine's all that exciting. I've still been playing Skyward Sword, and I've been giving a decent amount of time to it. Um, I just got past kind of the first three dungeons, so I got the harp, and the game's opened up. A, well, the game hasn't opened up more, but I have the second set of, of three dungeons. So um, I made a big change from when I was playing last time. I talked last time about how... I was going to lean into the motion controls. Do you remember that? I do. That was stupid. Uh, <laughs> I am firmly decided that motion controls are a gimmick, and they suck. Okay? And that's the podcast. Goodbye. And, you know, I, yeah, I have nothing to add. So <laughs> <Yeah. we're wrapping> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, holy crap. I don't know what finally made it click in my brain. But I was playing so with the... I do, ha- I do have to ask, though. I do yeah, have yeah. to ask before okay, you, go ahead. you continue. Um, so you're playing with the standard controller, then, using the right stick for attacking? I'm play- Yeah, so I'm playing with the, the Switch Pro controller now, not the shitty Joy-Cons. And yes, I'm using the right stick to attack. And I'll talk about the, the both the successes and the problems with that. But yes, that's how I'm playing. So my, 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 my question, then, is does the... Because I watched a video recently on that game from uh, a YouTuber named King K, who he's got some content I enjoy. But he, he just showed off some gameplay, and I was watching him run around playing with the controller, and Link still looks ridiculous running around holding that sword <laughs> in front yes. of him. That yes, way. so so does it, does it not kind of break the immersion a bit? Yeah, again, we'll talk about Skyward Sword as a whole a bit too, because I, I certainly my opinions evolved since I, I last played this game, which was ages ago. Yes, you're totally right. Like it, Link looks like an idiot the whole time you play this game. If his sword is out, if his sword is away, he looks all right. Um, but yeah, with, with his sword drawn, he looks like a fool. Um, but okay, so let's just back up a bit. Motion controls are terrible. Uh, I can't believe we spent so long stuck with them, like a whole two generations basically for Nintendo, where they forced it down our throats. And then even the Switch has stinking motion controls. Um, We're still getting it with VR too. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, fair enough. I guess VR is a bit different. Hmm. Okay, maybe well, I'll reserve... better, at least. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll reserve my motion control judgments for VR for another day, um, especially because I don't have a ton of VR experience. But switching to, to the control, like the, the button-only control, was a, a huge improvement, and the game is honestly way better for it. The biggest downside is the camera control. You, you have to hold in the left bumper, I believe, and that makes the right stick now control the camera instead of your sword. So I can't tell you how many times I have drawn my sword when I just wanted to move the camera. You know, just because I was like a half second too late pressing that trigger down before I moved the stick. 
because all of your instincts right. after playing you know any 3d adventure game for the last 15 years are just to you know move that stick if you want to see something so it, it, it reminds me a bit of monster hunter in that like, my brain always has to wrap itself around that control scheme again before i can really feel comfortable playing it um but sure. now that i have more or less wrapped my head around the the breath of the or breath of the wild the uh skyward sword stuff it's it's feeling a lot better um, but yes, it doesn't. It doesn't fix the game's fundamental flaws. Which there are some awesome combat moments, and, and some some. It lends itself very well to cool set piece battles. The the first battle with Girahim is still super badass. He remains my favorite villain of the entire series. I think he's just super cool. The fights with him are always really interesting, and he's just an interesting dude. Um, but the moment-to-moment gameplay suffers just tremendously from, from being forced to do everything with uh, motion controls. Even the first stupid little red Bokoblin guys, like, so all they do is hold their sword to one side and you, you can't attack that side, right? And I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm missing something, but I can't tell you how many times I've gone to attack the side they're not blocking and they insta-block it. And then I attack the other side and they insta-block that side. I don't know what you're, if you're supposed to like really telegraph and then do the other direction, but that actually gets even harder with the the button controls. So, anyways, what they needed to do was was remake the game, not remaster the game, and like rework it from the ground up. But of course, they weren't going to do that. Um, Still going to sell at full price, though. Yeah, well, shut up, shut up, John. <laughs> You're implying that I bought it at full price, which of course I did, uh, but I don't need to be reminded of that fact. Um, I, I am glad I'm playing it again, and I'm absolutely going to finish it. Uh, I still think the story is really cool. I still think Zelda is awesome in this game. It's actually insane to me, though, to think that this was the Zelda game that came right before... Well, not right before, but it was the game that preceded Breath of the Wild. They couldn't be more that different. That was the last one before Breath of the Wild? Yes. Wow. Because there was no Wii U one, right? That was Breath of the Wild, which came at the very end of the Wii U's life cycle. Um, okay, super quick well, nitpick. Yeah, well. I will never forgive Nintendo for releasing Breath of the Wild on the Wii U and the Switch and taking away gamepad functionality on the Wii U version because it would make the Switch version less appealing. That's a big right. old fuck you, Nintendo. That game was going to... Anyways, the gamepad was meant for that game. God damn you. So, I'm going to leave Skyward Sword there for now. It's got a ton of flaws. The moment-to-moment gameplay is really frustrating, even with button controls. But if you liked skyward sword but were frustrated by the motion and that's kind of kept you away from trying it again or or just replaying it i have to say i think this is a really good way to to kind of try and re-experience it and and get the joy out of it that you can because there's a lot of cool shit um it's still got that zelda magic even though it's a frustrating weird zelda uh this has made me want to go back and play a bunch of them again but anyways skyward sword is yeah it's it's a flawed game but it's it's definitely worth playing so yeah, if you haven't played it, this is probably the way to do it with the buttons. If you have played it and you liked it, but you didn't want to do motion controls, well, here's another good option for you. Did you want to make fun of me anymore, uh, John? Yeah, you wasted your money. Okay. Uh, so you um, <laughs> <laughs> you were going to talk, I think, a bit about some of the uh, the Wii U virtual console purchases you made after our, our last podcast. And I'll chime in in a second here, but, but what did you get? Uh, don't you have a question to ask me first? Uh, <laughs> yeah sorry let me just uh i wasn't just getting up the the podcast notes um yeah john i forgot to ask you last time and i actually kicked myself for it but uh how is xenoblade chronicles x going i don't know i haven't played in a few weeks sure 
Sure, sure. Okay, yeah, you haven't you haven't <laughs> played. Of course, you haven't played it. Why would you have played that game? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess you did, you want to you want to talk about it after the podcast. Then is what you're saying. Yeah, that's that's private. Okay, okay, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> what did you what did you buy in the virtual store? Uh, so I haven't played much this week, um, but on the Wii U Virtual Console, I went on a little shopping spree and bought a bunch of things I've been meaning to revisit or visit for the first time. So I bought all of the GBA Castlevanias, um, including Harmony of Dissonance, which I've actually never really played before. I've watched some footage of it. I think I watched a speed run once, but obviously that was like 13 minutes long and full of glitches, so it's, it doesn't represent the game in any way. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um but it's one that I've been meaning to to get to at some point, um, so I'm excited to get to that. I bought Ogre Battle 64 after we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I did too. It was a huge pain to get my Wii U set up again just to do that. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad I did. I'm definitely going to give that game a go. I, I wanted to ask you: Have you actually finished that? Excuse me, finished that game before? Uh, honestly, I don't remember. Uh, when I first played that, I borrowed the the real cart from my friend in public school. Um, so I, long that time was ago. a long ass, long ass time ago. Um, I didn't think I would like that game. I thought it looked silly because I was dumb. Mm-hmm. Dude, no, <laughs> um, I had the but, exact same impression as a child. I was like, these characters look silly. This is dumb. Why I, do they know, move I, so slow on the screen? Stupid. I look at this now though, and I fucking love the art style. Yeah, no, me, me too. Um, yeah, I, I do as well. So I did. I did. I did. I gave it a shot, though. Like I told him I would, and then I tried it out, and I was like, "Oh my god, I I, I see it!" Like I know why you're obsessed with this. So I got pretty far. Um, the movement speed was really slow and tedious sometimes, but I had a great time with it. I do not remember if I finished it though, so okay. I definitely want to this time. Do you know when you last played it? Ooh, um, I did use the dreaded emulator. Years the what? To I forget it. I didn't say that. Word. <laughs> where's that? Where's that popular YouTuber pirate clip? <laughs> um, this probably was like ten years ago. I tried to get into it again, um, but nowadays, so it, because you can access everything so easily, I probably got distracted by another game. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, but this time it's on the console. I've got the awesome gamepad, so I want to focus on that when I get to it. Nice. Yeah, no, it, it's on my list for sure. I, I'm excited to really give it an honest go. I, I'd say I probably last tried it around, you know, eight or ten years ago as well. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it, but again, I have no idea why I stopped. Probably another game came out and pulled me away, and I never came back to it. But yeah, I'm excited to get to that. Right. Um, anything else on the virtual console that you got? Uh, I love Super Mario RPG, mm-hmm. and I've been meaning to revisit that for a number of years now, so I bought that again. Nice. Yeah, if you recall, that was uh, uh, one of the pandemic games that I ended up finally beating for the first time. Um, that was awesome. I, I really love that game. It's a shame there isn't... I know that the, like, Paper Mario is kind of a spiritual successor, and they have those Mario and Luigi games, but a proper Super Mario RPG would uh, would make me do unspeakable things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure like I, I do i'm a big fan of the first paper mario i find it really fucking charming but it's it's not the same i want more of this this square soft take on this yeah um the final fantasy 7 remake of super mario <laughs> 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 uh, no thanks the steaming pile of um, turd of mario rpgs <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it for me. Uh, just a little shopping spree there. I can't wait to get to all these. Cool. Yeah, good stuff. Um, okay, I think we'll we'll quit the uh, what we've been playing there. We'll kind of move into the uh, the big 
I mean, addiction is our kind of big brain topic, but Final Fantasy XI is probably going to take the, the vast majority of our of the details here. Um, yeah, so, so John and I have, well, I guess, when did you first start playing Final Fantasy XI? Oh my gosh. Jeez. Um, uh, a few years after the North American release, I think. Um, Which was 2002. It was 2002. Oh, no, no, no sorry, that's a lie. Um, that, that was the Japanese release. I'm sorry, I lied to you. What, if you have the, the facts there, can you pull up the American date? I'm curious. Sure. Just uh, muted the mic for typing. Um, North America was, oh, 2004, so two years, two, year, two years later. 2004, okay. Um, yeah, I want to say maybe 2006-ish then. Uh, mm. the, first, the first expansion was definitely out when I got started, but I think in North America it launched with that content already. Okay. Uh, honestly, I'm not, I'm not too sure. It wasn't too long after the game came out in North America. Um, I didn't have a credit card, so I had to buy these prepaid MasterCards to play. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. Um, yeah, I, I got I got into it. I was, you know, busy working the days away out in the in the fields doing farm work, but my nights were dominated by that game. <laughs> yeah. So how how long did you play it? Like on the actual Square saw, or I guess Square Enix at that time um, servers. Like how how many years did you put in? Do you think? You're asking the hard questions. I know. Sorry. Um, I think it was at least a year or two. Um, I didn't know anyone that was playing. I didn't have anyone to play with, yeah. so I, I definitely got a little burnt out on that. I did make some community friends that I stayed in touch with for a while, but and you know it wasn't the same as having somebody you know play. Yeah, um, for sure. So I played for I want to guess at least one to two years. The, the highest I ever got on like the vanilla content before Abyssia and all that changed the game. I was like a level. 50-something paladin, and I had a number of other jobs on the go-to. Okay, cool. So then, a pretty big break for, like, you probably took a break for quite a while, right? Because was the next time you played when, when you and I and uh, the dreaded fiend David uh, played together on the retail servers? Oh, fuck that guy, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> for all you listening out there, fuck Dave, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so when the three of us decided to um to play retail that was that was the next time I that, got okay it. oh so it was a big break then yeah so so my first i mean i i was i'm I'm younger than than john by by a few years he's an old old motherfucker um i'm like i'm like 97 super super old he's got a great voice for 97 though eh? takes a lot out of him <laughs> to get those words out but he does it um so we my I, I tried to play when John was interested when when we were younger, um, you know. So back around 2006, let's say. But it was just it was above me. I was not ready for it. I also was was a lot shyer as a as a kid, and and you know even that that translated to the internet. And Final Fantasy XI, especially in those days, required it was a requirement that you got involved with people playing that game you didn't know. And if you didn't, you were not going to make progress, right? So, so it was just it, yep. it, I bounced off of it. I, I really liked aspects of it, but it was way too intimidating for me. So I really didn't have. I had vague memories of you know some early areas, which did give me a lot of nostalgia when I started playing it with you and, and David. Um, but I didn't have much experience. But let's say what was that? Probably now four or five years ago that we did that. Yeah, at least. I think um, it was before my second stint of, of school yet. So I think probably four or five years that we we tried the uh, the retail server again. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think we played for maybe what four or five months at most. Um, yeah, I mean, we had a good time for a while there. Uh, we got a few of our jobs to level 99. Um, oh, well, you did. I only got one job to level 99, but thank you for lumping me in with you. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, we had some, some fun side questing and doing some story, but, yeah, yeah we, didn't, we didn't last too long there. What happened, I think, that really put us off of, of the retail servers were Dave, Dave had given up on us a long time ago because, again, fiend, scum of the earth, terrible guy. Uh, but John and I kept going and got to 99, and, and we kind of got to some of the, not quite end game, but one of the end game events. It's called Abyssia. It's this kind of one of the big expansions they did, and delving into the the mechanics of how that worked was the probably the biggest one of the biggest turnoffs I've ever experienced, and we kind of just had a moment of like, oh, holy shit, are we going to keep doing this for for months and months and months, <laughs> like five hours a day, or are we maybe done? <laughs> so. So, so Abyssia wasn't was an end game at the time, but when we were playing retail, the latest expansion was Seekers of Adelin. Oh, right. You pronounce that. Um, so Abyssia would have been a, a, a you know a, a decent amount in the past for that. At the oh, time. okay. So we were yeah um, we were, we, we, okay. Yeah, we we were trying to duo parts of it, which we were doing, but we wanted the armor sets. Yeah. Um, so we, we were just trying to get into that system, and like all of FF11, it's so goddamn obtuse that you're using any number of guides to get through it, and it was just kind of exhausting for not really relevant content. True, right? We, we wanted it because Final Fantasy Eleven. one of the things I love that it does is it has job-specific gear, um, and there's only you know three or four sets at most that kind of are like you know the Red Mage armor, for example. And then there's like an upgraded version. So the Abyssia expansion had the Empyrean armor set. Is that right? Lord knows the uh, listeners are going to be upset name. if we get this wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call it the Empyrean armor All set. All two of you. Yeah, because it, it had the uh, those high boots for the Blue Mage, which was kind of lame. Um, but anyways, <laughs> it was cool armor. It, it's super thematic. It looks awesome. It just feels cool to run around in the world wearing that stuff. So we were going to go for it. But that kind of broke the curse um, and we said, you know what, maybe we should take a break from this. And we, we kind of fell off of it. But I do want to say for the record, when we played on retail, that like became the only thing I played, basically, for the time that we did. And it was... FF11 has a way of doing that. Yes, it was, yeah, <laughs> by, by design. It was at least like multiple hours, most nights, if I could, if I could manage it. I don't think that it, you know, hurt my relationships in any super, like, really negative way. So I don't know if I'd call it like a destructive, a probably destructive addiction. But let's get to um, to when we played it more recently. Um, was it you that put us? On? I think it was. Is definitely you. You're the one that found that that yeah. private server. Yeah. So I, I found a private server. Um, I'm not sure if I should shout out the name, but. Yeah, I don't know um, if they I would care. Well, let's just not. Let's just not. Um, if, if anybody wants yeah, to know the name, you can go to the the subreddit. It's uh, oh, I haven't shouted it out yet. It's r slash branching path podcast. Um, we're gonna kind of just post every episode there, and then there's a little community discussion. So if you want to know the private hmm. server for Final Fantasy Eleven that we lost a lot of our lives to, uh, you can you can ask for that curse there. <laughs> I mean, a simple Google search will likely turn it up. Also, yes, yes, um, yes. But the community was good, so I'm not sure if they if they want a shout out like that. But um, 
yeah, I found a private server. It looked good. It looked reputable. The people behind it knew what they were doing in terms of like the server tech and whatnot. And they seem to have a lot of experience getting um, reliable numbers for the era they were trying to recreate. Which uh, you know, I should mention that also. This is a private server that was trying to recreate um, a pre-Abyssia, pre-Wings of the Goddess experience. So. I found that, I wanted to give it a shot, I, I installed it, made an account, booted up, and it was running really well, and I thought, oh god, this is dangerous, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna suffer this, I'm gonna bring Kyle here to suffer with me. <laughs> so I shared that, and, and you got set up, and uh, the trauma began. <laughs> the trauma began. We, we, I mean, we're being a little bit hyperbolic, but the, the game really sunk its claws into us, like, like nothing has ever done to me before. And this time was even more so, I think, than the first time we played. I, I think. I, I, I don't know. I really did give a lot of myself to this game when we played it initially back on retail. But I, I do think that I put much more time into the private server. Well, with, with, this, with their goals um, be, you know, being to recreate kind of that old school experience, that old school experience you just said you weren't really old enough to appreciate at the time, this was like a chance to really see what that was like yeah. and for myself included because I, I, I didn't get to end game and I, f I forgot so much of it but um, y you know we got to see firsthand just how much time this game demands of you <laughs> yes so we should quickly mention that when we played on retail um, you know the say four or five maybe six years ago now um, mm. the, the end game is more or less the same now as it was then the servers are still live if you want to play Final Fantasy XI in the year of our Lord 2021, um, but uh, it's, it's very different than it was, you know, on that private server kind of era that we were playing on more recently, um, and it really was kind of letting you play the game solo a lot more. You could get these things called trusts, which were essentially summonable NPCs that would act as party members for you, and they were surprisingly adept and useful, although certainly not as good as a, you know, a player-controlled character. Um, but you could do a lot of the game yourself, and, and you know, with with John and I and our friend, you know, our little party of three, we, we could we ended up being able to do most of the game ourselves. Um, so now, going back to the private server, it was really a like a proper early two thousands MMO experience. Again, you needed people, or you were not getting anywhere. Yep. Yeah. Um, we got so so into it um, that we ended up both creating second accounts because you were allowed to do something called dual boxing on this server because it was a pretty low population all things considered i think it was around a thousand which was pretty good that's when it had grown after we stopped um so around a thousand pretty regularly but yep. dual boxing means that you're running two clients of the game at the same time ergo controlling two you know player characters at the same time so John and I each had our dual box set up and we'd have our four characters between the two of us so that we could do some more stuff without having to rely on other people on the server. Um, which is kind of funny. Uh, I mean, I think to an extent it was because it was difficult to find people that wanted to do the content you wanted to do. Um, and just because so many people were at Endgame already, it kind of felt like a bit of a necessity if we didn't want to just sit there shouting all day long into the you know Final Fantasy XI void asking for, for people to join our party. But right. we had already, by the time we created these second accounts, spent an inordinate amount of time in Vanadiel. Like if we did the slash, what is it, slash playtime or something that tells you your, your hours in the game? 
<laughs> that like is my greatest shame in the world is is typing in <laughs> slash playtime into that client and seeing the number that comes up. It's very disheartening. Um, oh yeah. But we had already had a huge number then when we made these second characters and everything in Final Fantasy Eleven takes time, so much of your time. And we'll talk about aspects of that that we like, and then we'll maybe talk about aspects of that that are just abusive. Um, but <laughs> by the like, we we I mean, John, did you get your your dual box to to max level to seventy five? I think you did with one job uh, at least. Let's see here. I don't think I got the dual box to seventy five. Was it um, seventy? It I was got... in the seventies, though, right? Your second puppet master. Yeah, I, so I, Puppet Master is like my favorite job ever, and no other game has ever done something that cool. Um, so I was playing two Puppet Masters, <laughs> and I got one to 75, I believe, and the other to 73. Oh, there you go. So, anyways. And it was super fun. Yeah, super fun. John I do want to point out, though, I want to point out, though, even on retail in the past, like pre-Abyssia and all that, uh, I don't think dual boxing was ever frowned upon or not allowed i also don't think there was ever a limit on the number of clients you could run so some people would run their own full party oh wow um uh this private server specifically limited it to um one extra client per player just because they wanted an actual community and not 11 dual boxers <laughs> <laughs> or 11 11 octo boxers as the whole fucking community <laughs> um Thank, thank so goodness it, they did that, John, because you know we would have made a fucking... We each would have done two, so we could have had our party of six. I, we, we definitely would have. Oh, God. Uh, if only, just to avoid some of the worst parts of, of the game. But the reason I want to bring that up, though, is you know even from like my 2006 experience, um, when the game was like at its peak in North America, I would say, um, I would still regularly wait like one to two hours to get a party. Oh wow! So like, the the pacing of this game and like the wait to get into something, and, and even the fact that you have to you have to, if you're trying to party, uh, it's like etiquette in this game that you're going to stick around for like at least an hour, and then if you have to leave, you're going to find somebody to replace you. So, if you're trying to get any experience in the game, like like gain some levels or get something done, you have to ask yourself, can I dedicate like the next five hours to this? Yes, no, genuinely, <laughs> if if you don't have four or five hours to sit with the game, you probably won't get much done of what you were hoping to get done, especially if leveling is your main goal for that day. Right, and the the slower pacing of this game and the fact that the like number of actions you have to take in a battle for example they're not that high and they're not that involved i think that's kind of where dual boxing came from just so you could get something done yeah um so yeah it definitely wasn't unique to the private server that's just a a thing of final fantasy 11 yeah yeah that's that's a fair point yeah so so i mean just the, the time investment really i probably spent a quarter of my time playing that game on the wikipedia just reading learning systems like reading quest <laughs> right. directions uh like it, it it really is one of the most obtuse video games i've ever played i actually had a friend at work i convinced to try it um i think it was earlier this year before we i think we, we quit earlier this year correct or was it last year yet um i think it was late last year okay well anyways i, I got a friend to try it um he's too kind to humor to humor me and again he installed the the private <laughs> server and, and and he ran around a little bit and i could tell how overwhelmed he was and how little the game was doing to to you know 
keep him basically because they just fucking dump you in a huge city. These these maps for this like the four or five main cities in the game are enormous and so easy to get lost in. And he had no direction and no idea what he was doing. And and I I actually think John one of the main reasons I got any joy out of Final Fantasy XI is because you were my tour guide. And I said this many times that you should run a tour guide service for new players to a dead MMO uh, <laughs> because you'd make a killing. <laughs> but but having someone there to kind of walk me through it was was monumental in my seeing like some of the beauty and some of the really awesome and, and you know um, enjoyable stuff the game had to offer. But the game is so obtuse and does a terrible job of helping you with anything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember having. Um, this is the only game I've ever had to pull up a map on a separate website. You know, while I'm alt tabbing or playing full screen borderless or something, so that I can actually get from point A to B. Yes. Oh man. They. They. Yes. On top of yes, the, man. You can give so many examples of how obtuse it is. Just getting around certain maps. So many maps in that game are genuine mazes. And they make oh, yeah. the maps that you actually look at difficult to use. They're not always very obvious that there's like a, a cliff here that you can't go back up. Or this goes, this path goes under this path, but it's a one way. So, you, and oh my God, I, yeah, there's a lot of frustration in there. But here's where some of the, the weirdness of, of the addiction comes in. Because I can sit here and shit on Final Fantasy XI until the cows come home. And I never want to play it again for my own sanity. But holy crap, did it feed me the dopamine. Like, when you <laughs> accomplish stuff in that game, it's like, hell yeah, I did the impossible. I sat there for four hours walking around this one map to get this one key item to move the story forward one tiny inch. I'm a god. Um, and I don't know how it was able to trick my brain that way for so long, but it did. It absolutely did, despite all the bullshit. There's just something about the presentation and the pacing. Um, you know, all these these parts come together, and you just certain like players like us, you just can't fucking help yourself. You live in that fucking world. Yeah, it, there is certainly a level of immersion to it. You know, when 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 traveling between cities takes you know a literal 20 minutes in in the real world by by chocobo right if you walk it it'll be like 30 minutes um and then if you walk you also have the risk of just being murdered on the you know the open world because there's always lots of threats on the map in that game um that sounds crazy but but there's a level of immersion offered there right where you're like okay well if i have to go to juno from bastok i gotta set aside 20 minutes and i gotta make sure i have the gill for the chocobo and I've got to make sure my home point is where I want it to be so that I can get back here easily. God forbid I set the home point somewhere terrible and then I've got a nightmare of 30, 40 minute walk ahead of me to get it reset. And yeah, something about living, or sorry, living, inhabiting that world with those real world time commitments. Uh, yeah, it, it just made it sticky. It was hard to get out of sometimes. Right, and, and you brought up the, the Bastok to Juno trip, and that trip has consequences. Like, if you get attacked by a, I don't know, a fucking turtle guy out there, the Quidav, whatever they're called, um, 
and you get sent back to Bastok, well, there goes 15 minutes of your time, and you're going to have to do it again because the, the game isn't nice. You have to get to Juno to get this next part of the mission done or something. You're going to have to try again. <laughs> yeah, and not to and mention that, the that, experience that you lose, consequence. right? Uh, yeah, experience you love exactly which is not something you see too often these days yeah yeah one of the things one of the maybe more controversial decisions that final fantasy 11 made too was that you could de-level so if you're level 73 and you just you know barely have any experience in that level and you die well you'll level back down to 72 uh which can really fuck up your plans which can really dark really... night i had continuously oh, yes. hovering at 74 as <laughs> well aware <laughs> <laughs> so yeah say for example you you know 75 unlocks a spell that totally changes how your your job plays but you have some bad luck and again it's it's a mean fucking game so it's not hard to have some bad luck or some bad timing and just get absolutely ganked and you fall down to 74 well shit maybe you're equipped with stuff that really relies on that spell to to use your job effectively crap now i'm back down to 74 and i need 6,000 experience to get back to 75 and i'm gonna have to do that in a party because there's no way to solo 6,000 experience and and keep your sanity um <laughs> yeah it's it's a mean 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 game uh and, and maybe just there's a, an aspect of overcoming that meanness that you and i enjoy so maybe there's a bit of sadism here on top of it all <laughs> uh, yeah I, you know what i'd agree with that it's the same reason i'm still playing at tree and odyssey <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> Um, one of, one of the coolest like things to come out of it though was our 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 four man so we each had our dual box going. Um, there were these things called promivions or promivions, which were these towers you had to climb. And in retrospect, fuck those fucking things. Stupid, horrible <laughs> experience. Basically, the first floor is very doable. The monsters are are reasonable. The second floor they get harder, but you know if you get caught in a fight, you can probably still beat them. Third floor, you basically don't want to be fighting anything or you're in a bad way. And then fourth floor, if you get caught by something, you're pretty much going to die. So it becomes just an annoying sneaking mission in an MMO, which just doesn't work well at all. But John and I were trying desperately with the, our four-man party to get to the top of one of these towers, which frankly was the easy part of the whole thing, because then we had a boss to face, which normally requires a right. party of six. We only had the four of us. And the boss had some nasty tricks up its sleeve. So it was a, we had a lot of things that we had to take into account. We tried so many different party combinations with different jobs. So I can't tell you how many jobs I'd fucking hate that I got to level 30 just to try this <laughs> stupid tower. But eventually we decided we were going to take four Beastmasters up. Because Beastmasters at level 30 had this awesome tiger you could summon. John, what did we call our four tigers? <laughs> the wall of tigers the wall of tigers <laughs> because they had this awesome move <laughs> called claw cyclone and you could just basically spam it every 30 seconds so with our four of them we could alternate it pretty evenly and just you know muck everything so you know it was probably like a month or two in the works of just grinding up jobs to try different combinations to see if we could get to the top let alone beat the boss and then on the final attempt with our so we got our beastmasters up to 30 it was going pretty well we got to the last floor and i think i died as i zoned into the very final little foyer area before the boss right yep yeah there's another little artifact of this this older game design is that if you die while you're changing rooms 
you still die. Yeah. So like I, you're, I, you're taking damage during that loading screen, exactly. even though you entered the screen alive. Yeah. So, so in that loading screen, I had taken a hit that put me over the edge. So we were on the fourth floor. Something spotted me. I ran for it. Anyways, so I died after zoning into that new room. So everybody was there. John's two characters and my other character, but our fourth character had died. And there is no simple resurrection to get me back up. Uh, there are resurrection spells and stuff you can use. I forget why I didn't have re-raise on in that moment. But anyways, we I think we were together when we did this, right? I was at your house. And like the feeling of dread and just frustration and disappointment was so palpable in the room. Because we probably put, oh, yeah. just in that session, two or three hours getting to the top of the tower. So yep. I, I think that there was some weird jankiness with that death that I felt was kind of bullshit. Because I, I'm... I'm thought to message one of the one of the gms right one of the game masters and and oh no that's what it was i thought that i did have re-race up and it and it faultily got rid of it when i zoned that yeah i think i think you used a re-raise scroll and when you entered the yes kind of boss waiting room yeah, the effect was yes gone. when i entered the boss waiting room and died on the way doing so that effect re-raise had gone so i should have been able to revive myself and we should have been able to do the fight it didn't work so it was like, oh shit, of course, one more thing to go wrong. Of course, it's fucking Final Fantasy XI. But I decided to just press my luck, and I, I sent a message to the GM saying that I thought there was a glitch. And they revived me, which was the coolest thing ever. And I was like, oh my god, there are gods <laughs> in this world, and they are benevolent. <laughs> so we got to have our fight with the boss, and by the skin of our fucking teeth, we we beat that thing. Just, just the two of us. Well, I should say just the four of us, but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> that was a really cool like I'll, I'll always remember that that was just a cool moment a cool gaming moment that as part of the the addiction too I haven't played a game that creates moments like this exactly um, that that said this you know this being a private server I, I would have loved to try that back in the day when this was um, uh, retailed like pre-abyssia right to know if that was possible there's there's a certain amount of private server jank that opens or closes doors you don't even realize because you don't remember the other game there the other version of the game as as well yeah um, basically i wonder if our if our wall of tigers would have made it uh in in the real game yeah yeah that is that was another actually point of frustration playing on the private server is you never really knew if the numbers were right and they often got tweaked mm -hmm. right so the meta was changing yeah. all the time you know one one week summoner was the best thing for endgame no matter what and then a big change happened because they found some updated data, and now oh, summoner shit! Like you wasted your time, haha! Ha, you suck. I also we, we complained about this together a lot, but that community I think because it's such an old MMO, right? And, and pretty much everyone there was was replaying a game they'd played years ago and, and had tons of history with it. Being kind of new to it or newer to it, like I was 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 weird it was you know kind of hard to explain to people sometimes that i just didn't know the game inside and out um but a lot mm. of people were also super focused on doing things the most efficient way at all costs uh and the kind of religious like fervor with which they stuck to that you know this is the meta was kind of frustrating so certain jobs might get passed over for a party just because they weren't the optimal job for that position but, you know, in doing so, that party would wait another 30, 40 minutes without killing anything because they were so picky, right? And then everybody right. suffered. So, but yeah, the, the private server, like, I, I, you know, God love them. They, they gave us a great time. And that team that's running that puts so much effort into it. So kudos to them. 
but yeah, the, the private server giant can be a bit frustrating as well. Yeah, they, they did, uh, and I'm sure it's still up, but they were doing a fantastic job getting those numbers up to date and, and fixing and introducing all the content that was part of that era. So, yeah, major, major props to them. But yeah. it was definitely frustrating when... I remember early on playing Puppet Master. It was a lot stronger than it was supposed to right. be. I was having a great time, and I didn't really remember that Puppet Master. I didn't have a lot of experience with it, so in my mind I was just playing this cool job that was really good at doing things on its own. Well, it turns out it was massively overpowered. Yeah, yeah which which was a huge <laughs> turnoff for you. And I remember you like were kind of upset at the fact that you'd done so much with your Puppet Master in that state because you felt like you kind of you know, cheated the game a little bit there. Not that it was any fault of your own. Yeah, I was I was annoyed because it, it in a weird way with a game this difficult and and tedious and time consuming it you know it didn't feel like it was earned yeah um, because the class was like overtuned at the time but uh, you know I took a break from it I came back to Puppet Master later and it was still fucking awesome yeah so. yeah, yeah well you got two of them almost to max level so you're a madman um, <laughs> um 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 oh so so I wanted to ask you John when did you realize that Final Fantasy XI was a problem for you? <laughs> uh, so you, you asked me that a bit earlier when we were prepping, and I had one answer, but now I have a better one. Oh, okay, good. Um, something, I, something, something I just remembered. Because your other answer sucked, so this is great. <laughs> uh, I realized when, you know, with with the dreaded covid i'm not supposed to talk about it oh you said i said said you said covid oh my god (laughs) we're gonna get flagged well it's already explicit the the podcast is labeled explicit so we'll just count those in oh perfect i'm gonna say it again then emulation covid (laughs) all right so with the dreaded covid but with with the dreaded covid everybody's working from home i'm i'm a software developer professionally so it's pretty easy for me to work from home um and sometimes easy to take that for granted but i had the game running while i was waiting for uh, a notorious monster which is basically like um a special boss monster that drops a rare item that appears anywhere on on like the map of a certain area um and i had the game running while i was waiting for one that had i think a 23 hour respawn timer classic and I just kept because <laughs> the game is just game so, so yeah the game doesn't give a shit about your time. Oh, you want this item that really your class needs to have, or no party will ever take you? Come camp out this twenty-three hour spawn, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I was lucky in that no one else was really camping it, right? Because this is an item you you couldn't sell. Um, and for a little. Um, backstory on that certain items are marked as x as standing for exclusive so once you own it you can't sell it you can just discard it if you don't want it anymore um but i wanted this because it was a good uh, cape for a paladin which i was enjoying at the time and i just i kept looking up from my work to look at the fucking game client and see if the guy spawned and it was like it was like invading my day and i realized i have a problem yeah <laughs> <laughs> it didn't stop me from playing for like another seven months. Oh, I was gonna say, I, I think you played for a while after that, but yeah. Oh yeah. That's when the seed was planted. That wow, this really does take a lot of my waking attention, even when I'm not actively playing it. Yeah, this uh, it was the first time it really clicked. You know, like even typing slash playtime and seeing those numbers, it 
it didn't feel as uh, impactful as just that moment realizing this is this is invading my work day right uh what about you what was your moment um i think i'd probably say yeah you know so uh how do i say this without giving away what i do i was at school um doing kind of uh a practical rotation of sorts where i had to interact with the public uh, and between my interactions with the public, I was pulling out my my laptop in the room where we did our, our stuff, you know, where normally you'd see see people. And I was like just booting up FF11, farming tigers for their tiger fangs. Uh, and I was like, man, I'm in like a higher place of learning. I'm I'm you know doing this to kind of <laughs> secure a, a decent career. And between my interactions with these people, I'm booting up FF11. Ah, it just felt kind of scummy and like, like you know, if I'm doing it now, oh, my, my barriers for, for when I find this appropriate are pretty low already. Like, I'll pretty much play it anywhere. And I was like, that's right. concerning. <laughs> uh, but yes, I then went on to play it for probably, from there, five or six more months. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. What, what was the straw that broke the camel's back, though? What, what made us stop? Um, I don't remember crystal clear, but my like final frustration there was and that should be the name of a new game from Square. Final frustration. Final frustration. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that can be. Well, no, that can be the Final Fantasy XI remake or remaster. <laughs> we need a, a new grounds parody game instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, f- the the final frustration for me there was. Um, I wanted to make a job change to seriously try out Summoner because I love pet jobs. Um, <laughs> Sorry, the only, you only said s- job change. I was like, yes, he's talking about his professional life. Of course, tell me, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I want to be a Summoner. <laughs> um, and so I, I was, I was. What was I trying to say before that? Um, yeah, the only real Summoner experience I had was during the Abyssia era. Um, so it was a lot of solo time or just playing with you and Dave. Right. Back when we God played, God you know, that, five, six years ago with, with Awful David. It was Awful David. Awful David. And I enjoyed it at the time, but I wanted to try it in, in this uh, ex- era experience that these guys were going for. Um, so I started unlocking the Prime Summons, and I just remember running through the fucking temple in the... Um, Yotor Jungle, however you pronounce that. Yeah. Temple of Ugalipa mm. or something. I love how many filled, names filled, were dropped Filled here. with tonberries. The one person who's played <laughs> the game is having some serious like nostalgia shakes. He's <laughs> <laughs> just sweating. <laughs> I, I, I gotta play it again. I gotta, I gotta oh, God. I hope we don't do that to somebody. Anyways, running through the Temple no, of Ugalipa, I, I remember... Genuinely, genuinely hope not. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember that place um, very, very well. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating as hell. Um, so I was running through that, and you know, with with I had sneak invisible available. I had the the med item, so you could sneak around. It was fine, but it was just so fucking tedious. Um, <laughs> r- running through, getting these, because I, I wanted to keep the mini tuning forks so that when I'm playing summoner, I could warp around later and just make it a little easier to get around the game world. So I was doing the prime fights, which was fine. They were easy enough to take down as a puppet master, but uh, I just. I couldn't do it anymore. I remember being in that fucking temple for like the third hour or something, 
and I just like, why, why the fuck am I playing this game? <laughs> so <laughs> and it's like, there's things I want to accomplish that's not here. <laughs> yeah, that that's a good way to put it, though. <laughs> it, it's not that it was one particular thing. I think you you just have to play the game long enough that finally the egregious tedium and time wasting that they insist upon finally breaks through and you have a moment of clarity uh and if yes. you're not careful way to put it. if you're not careful you'll lose that moment of clarity and you'll do it again for another 10 months right it, it's so yep. so easy to one of the reasons i think it works so well is as soon as you find kind of a roadblock you're not interested in overcoming with a particular job it's very easy in that game to just switch to another job you're working on and carry on from there right because you can right, you can play every job with with one character in that game which is cool which is great Yes. Um, yep. But yeah, it's a great way to kind of avoid the worst parts of the game and, and kind of bury your head in the sand and pretend that the fucking insane time investment they request of you is is uh, is not as bad as it actually is. I'm gonna interrupt for one second because I love that you said bury your head in the sand because that's where you go. You go right back to the dunes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You spend <laughs> if you're gonna play this private server, you will spend the vast majority of them looking at. A, uh, a way too bright uh, sand texture <laughs> in the Valkyrm dunes. Valkyrm dunes. The Valkyrm goddamn dunes. <laughs> Terrible. Oh my god. Um, yeah. So so I, I I will say I don't think that there was any like particular one thing that really broke us. It was just I think you start to see in, in this. I guess I mean it, it's the closest experience I have with addiction of any kind to to substance or or whatever else. Right. This would be probably my my closest brush with a seriously harmful addiction i don't think it really cost me anything personally i I mean it might have if i'd let it get out of hand and kept going um i have some very patient people in my life who who were just like yeah whatever you know if if you love it then go nuts just pay me some Mm -hmm. attention Uh, but this this fucking game man like it 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 took a lot I'd say the vast majority of my attention most of the time when I was kind of actively playing it. And again, even when I wasn't like playing the game, what I mean is when I was actively leveling up a character in that game for the however many months we did it, it was really at the forefront of my brain the vast majority of the time. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, you know, all day at work, I'm just thinking of when will this end so I can do what I actually want to do. Literally. Absolutely. <laughs> Which yeah. is... Go kill goblins. Yeah, um, I think I do think one of the reasons I, I kind of did play as much as I did when we did most recently, did I say did a lot there, um, was <laughs> because I wasn't working full time at the time. It was you know COVID reduction and all that crap. So I, I did have a lot of free time on my hands. Um, so I guess in a way, it was kind of nice to be able to just suck up some of my COVID free time with Final Fantasy XI. Uh, could I have been sure. more productive and learned some skills? Probably. I mean, I learned lots of skills in Final Fantasy XI, uh, but they don't transfer to the real world all that well. Dude, you were you were a goldsmith, man. I was a gold. I was like a fucking level high twenties goldsmith. Let's not even get into the fucking smithing. That goddamn game, dude. I'm just getting mad. I'm just getting mad now, and I kind of can't believe how much of it we played. But um, yeah, so we've done a really good job, I think, of selling selling Final Fantasy XI to people as, as a really good game. Okay, let, let's unless you have something else you want to add, I want to pivot to to something else. Do you have anything else you wanted to say about that uh, before I kind of move us along? Just one more thing to kind of like wrap it up, okay. and that's that I, I only got away 
and I'd probably be right back in it if I didn't delete my fucking characters. Fair enough. Yeah, John, John, credit to him, actually deleted both of his characters. He deleted probably, probably, what, over a thousand hours of, of effort? I, I, don't, I don't know if it was quite that much yet. Um, actually, they, they count it in days. Yes, yeah, so they count it in days. So, and I remember those numbers getting <laughs> yeah, pretty big. God, yeah. You know what? You're probably right, but I, you know, <laughs> I had to get rid of them, or I would have caved and gone back. Yeah. So, so we we literally had like a, a fucking flush the stash moment. That's how bad this was. We had to flush <laughs> the stash, it, and it felt that way yes. too. But I, I got, you know, I, I was lucky. I was riding the fucking raging high of that fucking summoner tedium, and I was like, fuck this game, <laughs> and I deleted those characters, and I was finally free. But John and I had like a we had like a sit down discussion. I think just probably over the internet, but we were like, okay, are we doing this? Are we done? Do we want to continue? Yeah. Are we are we done playing forever, or is this our life now? <laughs> it felt like a fucking do or die <laughs> moment where it's like, okay, if we don't stop now, just remember that this is how you're gonna die playing this fucking game. <laughs> you're gonna have nothing in life, but you'll have a uh, you'll have a maxed out summer, <laughs> <laughs> and you'll still be farming that one ex item. From that one percent <laughs> drop that spawns every two days. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We had. I mean, yeah, I remember that actually. Now that you brought it up, we we definitely had uh, a kind of serious flush that stash conversation, and finally we were able to let it go. Yeah. Funnily <laughs> enough, John, it, it was always. I don't. I don't. I'm not trying to put the blame on you here, or like say that as your fault or anything, but your enjoyment of the game was super important to my enjoyment of the game. If you had a day where you would message me and be like, I fucking can't with Final Fantasy XI today. I'm over it. Never mind that that was then preceded by like a, the craziest two-week binge marathon of playing you'd ever done, right? But like, if you had a day where you were really negative <laughs> on the game, that would really quickly shift me into like, oh, maybe I don't want to play this anymore. It's interesting just how much I could. I think we fed off each other in that regard, right? Like, like both of us. Yes. Yeah. We, I, I can. We s- definitely talked about that. Um, we talked about that a lot closer to quitting, actually. Yeah. But I know exactly where you're coming from. If if one of us, you know, we, we got into it together, we were enjoying it together, and if one of us was having a rough time of it because of how much bullshit this game can throw at you, then you know it was the experience was really. Um, really colored by that at the time yeah and on the other hand though if one of us was having a really awesome time i think that that would kind of Mm -hmm. draw the other person in too right like i can i can totally see how like drug addicts feed off of each other i I totally get it (laughs) oh i shouldn't say that i don't want to say that i totally get it but i I think i can see a glimpse of of how that goes down um just based on our experience with this fucking game yeah, we're not we're not trying to trivialize addiction in any way, but this is definitely I agree with what you said earlier. This is definitely the closest I've ever come to seeing what's on the other side of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, anyways, we <laughs> we finally stopped. Uh, you know, we're both ripped now, six packs, huge biceps. Um, oh yeah, I gained two inches on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna make a dick joke, so I'm glad you did. Um, no, but but it, it does. I have to say, it, it, it there was a level of, of freedom to it where I felt like I was now free to enjoy other things again, which is it's just hilarious that you know the fucking twenty year old video game did that to us. Um, 
Shit, we, we didn't even really mention it, but uh, I think you made a, a small mention of it earlier, but it's the only thing you can afford to play when you're playing it. Otherwise, you'll get nowhere. Yes, you, you have so, to give it so all dur- of your time. During that entire, yeah, during that entire time, you're not playing other games you want to get to. You're probably not. Actually, you're probably farming a lot, so at the very least, you're catching up on TV. Right? <laughs> yeah, you do fucking <laughs> farm a lot of tiger fangs. I've killed so many black tigers uh, in Final Fantasy XI. It's unbelievable. Um, and I thought, I don't know, I, I never thought it was fun, but I always did it. Ah, anyways, yeah, it's it's an addiction yeah. for real. But yeah, you watched. I did watch. I actually watched a number of movies I've been meaning to get around to for a long time because I was like, I can't. I can't just sit here and kill tigers for five hours. I'll kill myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, you can't do anything else. It really took, especially. I mean, again, I we had lives outside of the game. I don't mean to say that, like you know, we really, you know, went down a truly dark hole here. But as far as enjoying other hobbies and enjoying other aspects of our hobby, video gaming, yeah, it totally sucked the life right out of us from that aspect. Definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I, so now, after all that negativity about Final Fantasy XI, there is something about that game, though, that John and I like and want more of, but different and better. <laughs> so here, here's the part of the podcast where you'll watch me fail to articulate at all what I'm trying to get out here. But we wanted to talk a little bit about Final Fantasy XIV and how massively popular it is, how vastly different from final fantasy 11 it is but with some interesting chat about kind of how it didn't used to be that way and it started much closer to final fantasy 11 i'm really gonna let john take the reins here because he's got one just much more experience with final fantasy 14 in general both before the big a realm reborn remake um and afterwards but john you had kind of a little story about the some message boards um <laughs> a beta mail on the message boards did i write that that note down right <laughs> yeah, we were joking about the beta mail. Yeah. No, but you, but if anything, the, the beta mail was me because I took time to post on this fucking. <laughs> yeah, thing. anytime I post on the internet, I'm like, ah, am I a tool? Anyways, that's uh, please leave a comment on r slash branching path podcast. <laughs> we promise you're not a you're tool. not a tool. Um, yeah, so I so I played. I have to give a little bit of backstory. I played. Um, we'll start like start when you were five one, years old. One point. <laughs> I was five years old. I was waiting for this day. <laughs> the, <laughs> I was going to go on with that, but I'll just thank you. Yeah, thank you for stopping. Yeah. <laughs> um, what the hell was I saying? Backstory. Uh, yes. Uh, so I played uh, before A Realm Reborn, before the, like the relaunch and the new director um, Naoki Yoshida, I think his name is, and he goes by Yoshi P. Um, I was playing, I think, patch 1.23, around that series. So it was, it was towards the end of the life of the original Final Fantasy XIV. And that game got a lot of shit, a lot of well-deserved shit, I might add. Um, it was laggy at times. The UI was sluggish as hell. But there was just there was something about it. It was, it was very FF11-like in that it was, at least as I remember it, um, slow, deliberately paced. The animations were goddamn beautiful. Um, you know, like the way you would like lean into a turn when you're running and just how smooth that looked. The armor was like understated and just looked really cool. Um, class system was cool. All, all, the, all that stuff. I was having a great time with it. And I remember 
just reading that it was coming to an end because A Realm Reborn was going to happen. So there was this awesome in-game event. You know, I, I'll never forget how cool this was because the, the lore of, like, this version of the game world ending, it was, it was part of the game. You know, you could actually witness it, and there was an event surrounding it that you could take part in. And then the game would go down for a time, and it would be relaunched as... Uh, 2.0 around reborn and just just the fact that they made that part of the game world was really cool i, I actually I was, I was hyped at first so i just want to interrupt uh, I, I had no so, idea that they actually sure. made that like a, something everybody who was playing that 1.0 could experience like the actual ending of that of that era basically because it in the lore it's kind of like everything was wiped out essentially and, and restarted right or, or rewritten mm-hmm. at least or, that, yeah yeah and and, and that that wipeout moment was I, I forget the terms it's been a while since i've played all this but i think they're called astral eras or umbral era or something yeah. like that but one of them comes to an end when the first version of the game ends and uh, the new one starts when Ram reborn comes around yeah and it was just it, it was it was so damn cool was and sorry so i was excited sorry. for that i'm sorry i have one more question was it like a live event like yep. you logged on and the servers are going down at this time and you'll see a cool fucking in-game thing and then the game's down until we relaunch I, I'm a little foggy since it's been a while, but it was it was a live event. Like you were you were in the cities, you could watch this stuff happen, um, uh, finish whatever story was remaining if you could get it done in time, and then um, you know when the clock hits the right time, game is down. Okay, yeah, no, that's that's um, really cool. It was it was, and it's captured by the uh, opening movie of A Realm Reborn, how, how your characters are like sent away and all that yeah but it was it was really cool and i was super hyped for uh, a realm reborn the relaunch because i figured it would be more of the same just better polished um but (laughs) when i finally got my hands on the beta and then finally i come around to this forum post i remember just not being wowed like nothing you did felt like it had any impact um you know you're just fighting cannon fodder enemies that pose no threat to you and they die in like two hits right not to mention at the level you're at um you have like two abilities that you will endlessly spam as like more of an action game and and not an mmo um so i I went to that forum and i just i made a post that i i still i still feel the same way um as as what I, i said there and it's just that there's there's nothing really for players like us who like that slower pace like Final Fantasy 14 um, 1.23 or whatever was like the last thing I can remember like that right um, what, what I mean by that is just that really slow pace um, the fact that the overworld it takes 20 or 30 minutes to get from A to B and there are consequences if you don't plan correctly or you don't survive right yeah, you have yeah. To do it and, and danger and along the way spent right? that time yeah exactly danger along the way and I, I just made a post there saying and and a lot of people agreed at the time a lot of people didn't um we, we had a decent discussion around it um before the internet was the hate-filled place it is today <laughs> 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 but I, I still i still feel that way there isn't really anything that captures what the earlier versions of Final Fantasy XI and the earliest version of Final Fantasy XIV offered. Um, at least I, if there is something out there like that today, there's nothing as remotely as polished. Right. Just just to, to have you expound a bit more on that, I remember you saying at the time when Final Fantasy XIV was towards the end of its 1.0 before it was relaunched, 
it was really coming into its own and like reaching its stride. You felt anyways from like a gameplay and, and polish perspective? Yeah, I, I thought so. Um, that was not you, a very I confident, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I say that because I wasn't like chasing Endgame or anything. I was just enjoying the game as it came to me. Right? Sure. Um, I had uh, a bard character, I think, that I was um, starting to farm some Endgame armor for, if I remember correctly. Um, and, you know, part of it was the community you're with. I was in uh, a guild or free company, I think they were still called at the time, and just filled with people who wanted to see all the game had to offer, and we were really enjoying each other's company. So that, that definitely added to it. Um, but, but I felt it was like starting to really get polished, and I was excited to see what they were going to introduce, but they never got that chance. No. Yeah, so, so I mean, there's also just an aspect of... I hate this feeling of, of FOMO, right, where I feel like I'm missing out. Um, when mm-hmm. a game is this huge cultural moment and success, and I just can't connect with it, it makes me feel old and dumb. Um, and then it makes me lash out and say everybody else is dumb, but that can't be true. Um, and I think Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV is a good example of that, because as it exists now... And again, John, I'm probably going to let you talk more about this because you've played more of it than I have. And I know you did at one point, I think, get to Endgame um, in 14. Is that right? Uh, yep, twice. Twice. Okay, so so I've I've not played nearly as much as John has. I certainly haven't got anywhere near Endgame. My experience with 14 has been, oh, wow, the reviews for all these expansions are incredible. Everybody says for an MMO narrative, it's like something really special. So I'm talking about like Stormblood. Um, uh, what's that that like light and dark one? What's that one called again? Uh, Shadowbringers. Shadowbringer. Yeah, I saw nothing but fucking positive, you know, feed or just coverage for Shadowbringers, and I thought, okay, people keep saying hyperbolic things like this is one of the best Final Fantasy stories out there, just including the mainline games. I have to experience this, so I, I gave it a shot, um, and the A Realm Reborn stuff is far and away some of the worst, most tedious, like, half-ass shit I've ever played, especially from a narrative standpoint. Like, dear God, you couldn't get me to care about the drivel they're trying to shove down your throat if you tried. But if it was brief, <laughs> at least I could suffer through to get to the awesome stuff, right? Like, you know, apparently Heaven's Word has cool stuff to offer and so on and so forth, but I just cannot get through A Realm Reborn. It's too long and it's too bad. And we'll talk a little bit more about the problems with you know modern MMOs and Endgame in a second because that was another thing that I, that really irked me and, and it definitely stops me getting into MMOs these days. Um, but the, the fact that just on principle that they have a, a potion you can pay real money for to essentially skip you through that content is like unbelievably offensive to me if, if you don't want me to play that part of the game just take it out of the game if, if you know it's bad and you know people will pay actual money to not have to play it so they can get to the cool stuff just get rid of it redesign your game to, to not have to account for that bullshit but of course they, they make money off of it so why would they do that but yeah that, that drove me nuts but, but John do you want to kind of go off on Final Fantasy 14 for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> all right for the next 20 minutes you can hear me bitch. <laughs> um wait, where should i start yeah i know it's, it's um, i gave you so, a lot of fucking runway there 
<laughs> so so Kyle mentioned I got to end game twice. Um, so I, I got to end game and did end game rating when it was relevant when the game first launched. So just around Reborn when the the main end game dungeon or raid was um, Binding Coils of Bahamut, which which was really cool and I had a good time with that. But uh, you know I got to play the game as it was intended when there was an active community in every part of the game. You know it was it was brand new um there were players of every level in every part of the game so you were never really struggling to um, get a party or anything like that so when i played it i you know i was having a good time by myself sometimes and, and then with the people i was playing with um you know people i met in the game and in, in guilds and whatnot so i could kind of forgive some of the other bullshit surrounding it because it was still really polished you know it's not what i want from an mmo but it was a really quality mmo if that makes any sense yeah that does um, it does so i, I you know I, I put that aside i enjoyed myself i got to end game rating and I, I had a good time for a bit uh, and then i did it again in uh heaven's ward not nearly as as heavily but i still managed to squeeze a good time out of it but it's kind of like the the end of nice things i have to say about the game <laughs> <laughs> Be, because it's the it it wastes your time in a different way, I guess. It's it's this never-ending loot treadmill where anything you work hard for is is useless in a month when the next patch drops and some new sword or something yeah, is yeah. introduced, right? Yeah. So they have this this currency system where you do dungeons and raids and stuff, and you get these um, this this special currency. I forget what it's called. Something like. Uh, tombstone something let's call it bitcoin like a a book (laughs) (laughs) yes when you get the magic fantasy bitcoins um you use those to get some of the best gear um you you do some rating and you get some gear from drops and whatnot feels good it's cool to get that stuff but the moment something new comes out none of that will matter anymore and it's this never-ending cycle of, of vertical progression some people enjoy that you know, if you're one of those people, more power to you. This is this game is made for you. But I, I was getting really burnt out on that because nothing coming from FF11 or the um, 1.2 whatever version of this. Um, it, you know, nothing I was doing felt like it had any impact whatsoever. Um, n- not to mention, you brought up a Realm Reborn, and it, you're this character that is slowly becoming a world-changing hero in in the narrative. You're slaying literal fucking gods in this world, like every Japanese RPG. <laughs> and and it, it feels awesome. There's some awesome set-piece battles there, but the moment you're done, you're expected to go fetch some cheese or something for this mm-hmm. asshole and who's just living it up on the beach. <laughs> 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 I, I think I'm you're like, you're specifically fuck. referring to that meal you have to put together, right? That's that's on yeah, the beach. Yeah, fucking yeah. fucking meal in Costa del Sol where you're trying to fight uh, Titan. Yeah, you're trying to get access to. I think it's fight isn't it like after to fight him or something. Or I thought even it was after you fought Titan. Basically, they're like, okay, let's celebrate with a feast. Go get cheese. No, go so get this. Okay, so it's, this is to get access to him. But you've already done Ifrit at this right, point. Right, you've, you've so you beaten are, a god. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're a force to be reckoned with. You're, you're. I mean, it's still early in the game, so not everybody knows your name. But this in in this game world, beating this thing is isn't a massive event, right? 
Like this would this should command respect for your character, but this this asshole is like, no, go get me this fucking wine and then go get me this fucking cheese. Yep, and it's yep. like, God, God damn. Oh, and and, <laughs> and so it's it's tedious. a rum reborn, so it's a multi fucking part thing, right? Like it'll be quest one is yeah, go here and get the cheese, come back report to me. Yeah, you did it. Here's your experience. Okay, now go get the wine. It's in a completely different area. Go waste time warping there, getting the fucking wine. Come back to see me. Oh, there's a third. Like it's it's always that horrible, horrible tedium, especially with the realm reborn. I can't I cannot speak from anything beyond the realm reborn. And I think a lot of people are probably going to discount my criticism of the game because I think a lot of people feel that Heaven's Word and on is where it really starts to take off. But fuck you, I disagree <laughs> that you can just discount an enormous part of the game that, that you essentially have to play through if you don't want to shell out a bunch of money. Also, I, I don't really agree that it changed. Heaven's Ward was more of the same. Okay. Um, you know, maybe... I, I never felt that with everything my character had achieved, all the crazy godlike beasts your character manages to bring down that you ever really command the respect in the game world that that would actually come with. Yeah. I, I do but think... No, go, go ahead, go ahead. I, at the same time, I was going to say, at the same time, I, I get it. Like, you need content to fill your giant MMO. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so in, in a game where something like this meal thing would have been a cutscene, it's a series of, like, five quests. And it feels tedious partly because of the, the travel options you have in the world. Like, you've already unlocked... Uh, a huge array of like fast travel points by this time. So if you have the Guild of Spare, what you end up doing is you pull up your fucking map, you warp to the thing, you run 10 feet to an NPC, you do some other fetch quest or something to get the cheese, and then you warp back and deliver it and get the next part of this endless fucking wheel of chores. Um, God, I'm just like going on. No, 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 no. <laughs> I actually want to latch on to that. That's, that's an interesting point, right? Because I, I think in some people's mind, they're like, oh, well, thank God that sounds better than FF11, where you'd have to travel 20 minutes to talk to the man with the cheese. And one, for the most part, FF11's quests are a little bit less like offensively mundane. Um, I think for the most part. Uh, but but your, your experience with the game world is completely different when you're literally just warping to, to fast warp points, like you said, walking 10 feet and then warping back, right? It's it's not right. at all immersive. It doesn't grab you in the slightest. It, it just feels tedious. It just feels like you're going through the motions. Yeah, and a big part of it is presentation. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some, there's definitely tedium in FF11. Like, let's not pretend what? otherwise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the... the earliest quest you get in ff11 is to get some what are they called you get like four bone chips or something oh. something that one of the worm monsters drops i know isn't isn't it the quadav fetich things that's one of the missions but oh. there's specifically an npc in, in bastok markets i think who asks you to get like four of these things that that the worms can drop i'm gonna guess it's flintstone flintstone that's it actually yeah yep um so it's one of the earliest quests you can do, but it's kind of believable in a way because this is this is being a request from like a housewife. She's not going to go out and slay these monsters herself, right? Um, but you come to FF11 or FF14 rather, where you have this rich Costa del Sol guy making really tedious demands of the fucking fiery god slayer here, yeah. who's up and coming, 
when he has a vast army of like henchmen and bodyguards and whatever and, and dancing cat girls that he could send <laughs> off to do the do this tedious thing. Right. So the the presentation of it could have been like he's gonna use his resources he's gonna ask you to do something dangerous that his other henchmen can't do and he's gonna use his resources to send his henchmen to go do the tedious shit. Yeah. Um but it's it's not presented that way because they want you to play every boring moment of it. They, yes, yeah, that's a good way to put it. You you have a, a I think a quest that you often bring up um, for Final Fantasy XIV, <laughs> oh, yeah, is that yeah, fishing yeah. rod one, right? Uh, this this was about a bow. Actually. Oh, bow! Sorry, um, can you just tell us about the bow? If I remember correctly, this was uh, Heaven's Word, and this is why I say Heaven's Word never really changed anything. Um, and you're in this almost like a callback to like a Chocobo forest area. I, I cannot remember the name, but it's like a hunting ground, and there's there's like a hunting outpost there. Um, and you're you're asked by uh, a sentry or something who's out there standing guard oh, and they say something like oh I, I've lost my backup bow or whatever but I can't leave my post can you please go find my bow that motherfucker could see that bow from where he's standing Yeah, and you could you could just walk over and pick it up it's <laughs> it's so close to the area wh- where you're given the quest and you know it's it's a modern MMO so they point out like the the search radius you should concentrate on on your mini map like go go look here and you'll see a shiny and you'll finish the quest and it's it's so fucking close to this npc that they could have just done it themselves <laughs> but it's just it's another super tedious thing um that they want you to play because they need content and an excuse to give you some exp yeah um yeah and that that never as far as I got in the game, that never really stops. And I, I should point out, I did not play Stormblood or Shadowbringers. Like Kyle, I did buy the game again on a different system <laughs> to try, but I, I immediately I entered a dungeon and with with some overleveled people who steamrolled it in like five minutes, and I was like, fuck this. So that was the one last thing I wanted to talk about, and I think this is a just an MMO difficult or problem that they... they I don't know. I think it's a problem they need to solve somehow, but as you said in the past, how do they do it? And that is the whole, how do you get players to play with other active players, but with the content they need to do? If everybody's at endgame, how do you get your new players to, to get through these dungeons that require other you know, players to fill those roles? So one of the things that I really didn't like as a new player to Final Fantasy fourteen, one, MMOs are overwhelming, right? There's so much fucking stuff in them and so many things to do and anyways getting into a new dungeon in final fantasy 14 is, is kind of stressful because there are certain expectations on you of fulfilling your role half the time i'd watch a youtube video about about the dungeon before i went in it so i'd know what to expect which also kind of sucks because you're ruining it for yourself essentially you're experiencing it for the first right. time in a youtube video which is just a bit of a bummer that I wouldn't say it was expected of you but it, it definitely felt that way to me i wasn't comfortable going in blind and then getting yelled at um, but it really sucked to go into a new dungeon and be like, wow, this looks really cool. I can't wait to really see the ins and outs of how they want us to play this one. And the three other people you're with are all clearly max level and leveled down because they just, you know, they did the lottery, like the dungeon roulette thing for their daily reward. And they just book it to the end, right? There's no exploring side paths. There's no reading the cool little lore bits throughout the dungeon. It is get to the boss beat it as fast as possible what the hell is that noob doing back there okay we're done congratulations it, that, that's a shitty experience and it's inevitably like every dungeon i basically did in the realm reborn was like that you're not playing it's it's going to happen yeah. 
Yeah, if you're a new player who's who's joining the game now, you're you're going to experience the exact same thing. Um, and like like you said, there's there's no easy answer to it. Like, how, how do you maintain the the quality of that without? What, what am I trying to say? If you're doing a, a, the first dungeon for a new player, something that veteran players have probably done bordering like a thousand <laughs> fucking times at that time, because of that whole like loot roulette thing, and that system they have to try and get veteran players back into the old content to help the old ones. Well, one of the benefits that they afford to the veteran players is that they're a lot stronger than they were at the time, so you can really steamroll that content. But to the new player joining on who wants to feel like they have some... As part of the narrative, they're supposed to enter this thing because it's this dangerous dungeon and you need to you know, solve some mystery or kill some boss or something, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> the actual gameplay of that is is butchered by the fact that these three veterans are so tired of this fucking place and they just want their currency reward <laughs> that they will they won't wait for you to watch a cutscene if you if you bother to stop and do that they're just they'll be at the first boss when you finish the first scene. right right you can also get locked out of boss fights sometimes if you wait too long can't you yeah if they if they start the fight you have um i think it's like i don't know five or ten seconds to get across uh, like to get into the boss arena before you're locked out of the battle and if you uh, don't you just you so can still complete the mission right you just don't get to enjoy the the fun of the fight you'll you'll be a spectator for the whole run wait you, and it's it's you know, but, but do you get wait, the, i say spectator uh, sorry we keep coming to <laughs> go ahead do you get the reward still at the end though <laughs> if you ba- barely participate yeah, so what I mean by spectator is, um, like, narratively, you will have finished the dungeon, right, and okay. you're going to be like, oh, my God, d- you beat the boss, you're so strong. But what really happens is you were <laughs> locked out of every boss fight, they killed every enemy in the dungeon, so you're just running to catch up the whole yeah, time, and yeah. you're watching cutscenes. You're literally running to catch up, that's a good way to put it. And then, yeah, you, you want to watch the cutscene, because there's, you know, there's actually some, there is some interesting story in A Realm Reborn. I, I shouldn't poop on all of it, like, some of the stuff around the, like... What are they called? The the, prime, the avatars, the primes, I don't know, whatever the summons are called in that game. Um, uh, primals. Primals, that's it. Uh, there's some cool stuff in there. And just, again, really great set piece stuff, like John said. Some good cutscenes, no doubt. But yeah, if you just <laughs> if you can't take the time to watch it because it'll be locked into the boss fight, well, shit. So, yeah. It, yeah, and you, the, you, you brought up that interesting thing about watching those videos before you enter a dungeon. And it, it's kind of. I don't really have like a point to make here. I just think it's kind of interesting how. You know, it's unique to MMOs because there's like a social pressure yes, to it, right? Yes. Um, the community has agreed that it's better for newer players to go and and watch this thing so that they don't hold back the experienced ones. Yep. And that's what a lot of people do, right? Because if you don't, you're going to get that one guy who's not shy about letting you know that you suck. Well, and and, and I get it. Like it, it to me, I'm, I'm all about courtesy, and like you know, I'm not a I'm not somebody who enjoys conflict, so I'll go out of my way to make sure people are happy. Um. And yeah, like that's the courteous thing to do. Why would I want to waste people's time who have done this a thousand times because I wanted mm-hmm. to preserve the purity of the moment and experience it firsthand in the game? Like, it's what I want to do, but yeah, of course but, I'm going to go watch the video. And everyone has the opposite experience where someone is didn't do that <laughs> and is holding back the right. Yeah, right? yeah. And of course, if I got to endgame and somebody didn't do that, I'd be like, you fucking piece of shit. I did that and I didn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah it, it, I think it kind of like builds on itself. Where 
it's the way you said that right there. You know, you get to end game and you've played the whole game doing it that way, so you get kind of upset when other people aren't willing to compromise their experience a bit yep. um, to do the same thing and, and and just keep it going. So it's 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 interesting. Um, and it definitely seems unique to MMOs. Maybe stuff like Overwatch has some of the same stuff. Yeah, no, I, but it feels unique to MMOs. I think you're right. There's the social pressure certainly changes how you you know interact with the game, no doubt. Um, and, and frankly, mm-hmm. I've never been one to really seek out like that that kind of online like social aspect of, of video games. Like like I don't know. I find it difficult to make any sort of lasting MMO relationship for example it just doesn't come naturally to me and sure. it almost like kind of stresses me out uh, yeah so, so I mean obviously I don't think I am necessarily somebody who gravitates to MMOs very naturally anyways I'm usually there because it has something else that I just want to experience so in the case of 14 it has that really cool story I keep hearing about that's you know in the Final Fantasy world and it's it's Yoshi P who's who's making or who's directing Final Fantasy 16. So I want to see his chops, right? Like I'm just I'm interested in all that, but ultimately the MMO sure. aspect of it gets in the way for me personally. So so I might just you know not be the best person to talk about MMOs to begin with. But those are some of the problems as I see them. I, I do really like like the, the a lot of the dungeons in 14 were really cool. I saw a lot of promise in in the gameplay kind of moment to moment, especially in the dungeons. Pretty much everything I did outside of a dungeon sucked butthole. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and you know, playing at launch, that was so fun. Um, and I, I don't know, how, like, I don't have an answer here. I'm sympathetic with the devs. I don't know how you would maintain that throughout. How long has this been out now? Like six, seven years? I actually don't know, but that sounds um, about right. I don't know how you would keep that content relevant enough that everyone could experience it the same way. Uh, I mean, one way is you don't allow that kind of gear bloating to trivialize the content later when the veterans run it again. Yeah. But how long will the veterans stick around if they have to run the same thing slowly yes. a thousand fucking yeah, times? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, if, if it actually took them effort to do that dungeon for the thousandth time, like I can I can see mm-hmm. just hating that, right? In myself, I can see being like, oh my God, let me just get through this. I just want that reward. But ultimately, yeah, because even if the even if the quests don't make you feel like you're this awesome, like fantasy soldier guy who's killing all these crazy monsters, in some ways the dungeons do. Yeah, like the fact that you can trivialize that early content is like a, a feeling of progression. Right? Yeah. So if you take that away, I, I gotta wonder um, if the game would would still be as popular as it is. Yeah, I, I do think one of the one of the other big issues in my mind for for MMOs, and they share this with just open world single single player games too, is is the pacing is so very determined by the player, um, because you know you you might do like two or three days of, of basically only story content and kind of progressing the MMO story, and then you might take two mm-hmm. weeks to farm a dungeon before you jump back into actually progressing the story, and it's really right. hard to deliver a a impactful strong narrative when I'm able to completely shred your pacing like that, right? I find the same problem with True. with open world games in, in that if I let myself get off of the story for too long and just go do side quests, eventually I just don't give a shit about the story. Or when I come back to it, it completely loses all sense of urgency. It's hilarious when, you know, you're playing a game and it's telling you a story and you get to a point where you need to act quickly or there are going to be dire consequences for the world 
and immediately after the cutscene's done, you <laughs> fuck off for three days of gameplay to go, you know, collect turnips and make money or something. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go play cards with every innkeeper <laughs> in the world. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so many variations of that. But it, it's just, it's, it's funny. And, and, you know, whatever, that's, that's video games. I guess you can, you, you can choose not to do that. Uh, but it's a difficult thing. And, and I'm, I'm sad I didn't get to Stormblood and, and uh, Shadowbringers for that reason because I'm curious to see how they manage that and, and if it really is as good as everybody says or if they suffer from the same, the same difficulty there. But anyways, that's kind of mm-hmm. our... I, that's the last I, I have to say really about Final Fantasy XIV. Anything else that you haven't uh, gotten able, or been able to say yet, John? Man, I can go on forever about this thing. Um, <laughs> I, I'll, ra- I'll wrap it up with, I, I do think there are solutions, um, but I, I have to wonder if the game would be remotely as popular. For example, what you just said about the pacing, those those huge moments could be treated a bit more like a single-player game where you're kind of locked in until you wrap up that big moment, mm-hmm. and then you do all that extra stuff during the next like window of downtime, right? Right. Um, I don't know how well that would go over especially in an MMO setting, but there, there are some different design choices. I, w- yeah, I wish I could just see like an alternate universe where FF14 was slightly changed in these ways and how it would do, yeah. but we'll never get that. So yeah, no, this is the one we the, get. The popularity <laughs> question is a good one. I mean, frankly, what they're doing is working incredibly well, right? So I, I, you can't criticize it from a success standpoint because they're impossibly exactly. successful. Um, so, I mean, kudos to them for that, but I don't know if I've never been one to equate success with with quality necessarily. So I, I kind of do get annoyed when people throw that in in your face whenever you have a criticism about about a video game, and they're like, "Oh well, it sold three billion copies, so you're wrong." Well, anyways, right? Um, yeah. Okay. Let's. Uh, you want to move on from Final Fantasy fourteen? We're almost done. I think today we have just a little bit of uh, news to talk about. Yep, let's do, I think we can wrap up okay. in 14 seconds. All right, so uh, is, well, I guess just in closing, fuck you, Final Fantasy XI, but also I love you, <laughs> you sweet, sweet baby boy. Uh, but fuck you. <laughs> and then fuck you, Final Fantasy XIV. Yes. <laughs> I don't love you, and I never did. And I probably never will. I love I love parts of you, but you're dead yeah. to me now. <laughs> and fuck everybody who played... No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. If you like Final Fantasy XIV, good for you. I'm glad you get some enjoyment out of it. I can see where you do. I wish I could too. I re- it's really just this. This is all jealousy. This is a podcast of us expressing how jealous we are of the people who are able to milk the enjoyment out of that game. Yeah, I have a friend I won't name, but I always say this about him. I'm I I envy his ability to just like things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to, to uncritically just enjoy it for what it is. Sometimes, yeah, we'll talk about this when we talk about Final Fantasy VII remake, probably, but. Yeah, that's that'll be that'll be a five to seven hour podcast. So get your ears ready for that one. Um, okay, we should play it again prior to that. Just so I have it. I have it downloaded on my PS5 right now, John, with the upgraded PS5 Beautiful. version. So it's bound to be better, right? <laughs> uh, okay, I'm I'm actually scared. I'm scared for what it's going to do to my brain playing it again. Um, yeah. Okay, so this is not the Final Fantasy VII Remake podcast. Um, so last thing today, we just uh, there was some cool news that, that John shared with me today, but I'd actually seen a couple days ago. So we're both getting our news from the same sources. That's good. We live in a bubble. Um, there, uh, the vid- <laughs> the is it the Video Game History Foundation? Do I have that right? Uh, uh, let me see if I still have it. Open. Sorry, I closed the note. Yes. So Video Game History Foundation. Um, they're a nonprofit 
there's a certain little legal number attached to that, so it seems like they're legitimately nonprofit. Um, and, and basically, they're just dedicated to preserving video game history, which really kind of goes hand in hand with what we talked about on last week's podcast with you know losing some of our our video game history and, and you know as physical media kind of goes away the dinosaur and all that stuff but they've got a cool mm-hmm. new um monthly mystery box where you can sign up for a subscription um or you can i think also just do a one-time purchase although it's a bit it, it's definitely cheaper to do the subscription and just cancel it um where you get sent a random uh video game magazine that they have duplicates of so basically they're trying to you know create this library of video game magazines like electronic gaming monthly nintendo power um, those are the only two I can think of off the top of my head um, and, and it's a mystery box so you don't know what you're going to get uh, I think uh, Mike Fahey of Kotaku got like a, a a cheat book for like a particular video game <laughs> so it was very very niche um, but it was still cool oh, nice. uh, and yeah so, so it's an authentic copy of that magazine it sounds like they're almost always in great condition um, and all the proceeds go to the video game foundations just kind of you know charity or, or non-profit I should say of, of just kind of doing their work of preserving video game history which is very cool John- <laughs> I was like fuck you he's gonna, he's gonna say something surely he's gonna fucking take a cue this motherfucker I just wanted you, just wanted you to panic <laughs> I, I panicked I panicked Oh my god! Uh, no, I think this is really cool. Um, I, I can't wait to actually subscribe and get some of these. I have so much fucking nostalgia for gaming mags. Yeah, it's something I kind of um, missed the boat on as a kid. I, I remember seeing them at your house when I would go to visit when we were younger yet, and like seeing Nintendo Power and thinking, "Holy shit, these are fucking awesome!" Oh man! Like I, I always had a, a summer job, like long hour summer job of some kind, and like some of the happiest moments were I'd, I'd come home from work and mom would have my copy oh. my newest nintendo power on the table and i just i'd read it all dude i got goosebumps on on your behalf and that's not even my nostalgia that's hilarious um <laughs> <laughs> anyways yeah neither john or i have actually subscribed to this we're you know both just a, a impulse buy away probably from getting something but um yeah so just a shout yeah. out to the video game history foundation and, and the cool work they're doing as far as video game history goes and that cool subscription service i love that it's it's just that they have all these duplicates they didn't want to just throw in the garbage so they thought, well, well, let's find a way to yeah, get them into people's hands, right? For sure. It's it's a very cool idea. Um, if I remember correctly, I'm going to open this. I don't think the price was too bad either. Surprise me. Where is the subscription? I think I only saw the U.S. price. I don't know. I want to say 20 bucks if you do a one-time purchase, like 13 bucks if you do a subscription. Does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds about right. I'm looking at the $20 single ah, okay. here. Is it um, USD though? It's .com, so I'm going to say. Yeah, so that, that's a little pricey if you're a, you know, a poor Canadian like we are. Um, the, the, the dollar hurts you there. <laughs> yeah, it is, a, it is a bit steep. But It's a bit steep, but for the for the, the memories, I think it's Yeah, okay. and again, you know, your proceeds are going to just them doing more of their work, so pretty cool as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so check out the Video Game History Foundation. Consider that, that monthly mystery box if that interests you at all. Get some nostalgia right into your veins. Um, John, I don't really have much else to say on, on the topic for this week or any other news I really wanted to, to dive into. Anything else you wanted to say before we wrap it up? Nope, that's it for me. Um, for anybody listening, thanks for listening to episode three. Yeah, and uh, we do have our, our um, uh, subreddit set up, so it's kind of the, the primary place for now that we're going to kind of have 
for you to leave comments and just chat about the podcast. So that is reddit.com slash r slash branching path podcast. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll see kind of a new topic every every other week for the, the podcast episode that goes up. And then maybe eventually we'll start doing some, some little interesting, if I see an interesting article or something in John and I think it's worth commenting on, maybe we'll post it in the subreddit so people can start a discussion there too. But uh, yeah, for sure. And if uh, if anyone has ideas for stuff I'd like to hear us discuss or horribly ramble about, like today's episode, <laughs> uh, you can post it there. I'm expecting nothing <laughs> but Final Fantasy XI requests. Give us more Final Fantasy XI. <laughs> Talk more about the Valkyrie Dunes. Tell us how your life almost <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> Yeah, I want to hear about how shit your existence. Well, is. we joke, but I mean, it's it's interesting. People want to know how shitty other people's lives are. So uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to uh, an interesting. Uh, again, I don't want to go so far as to say dark moment in our lives, but it was it was interesting and maybe a little bit dangerous, uh, to say the least. So thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll hit your uh, your delicate little ears what the hell i don't know that's dumb we'll talk to you in a couple weeks guys (laughs) (laughs) bye quality bye